Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey, y'all. Hey. Welcome back after a week of us not being there. Yes. We're going to be on hiatus soon for the holidays anyway. We got to figure out when we're doing that. Oh, yeah. The end of season two. (laughs) Season two. (laughs) Why do I always forget about the holidays? Every time, every this time of year, I'm like, why is everybody trying to get off work? Why is everybody trying to come back in town? What's going on? Like, (laughs) bitch, (laughs) what's going (laughs) on? It's the biggest holiday of the year. How do you gonna forget the holidays <laughs> when Mariah Carey is on the radio every single second of every single hour? And that's literally how. Because it's it like, gets okay, dark it, at four o'clock. <laughs> when I used to, because okay, it used to be like when I was younger, it was always like, okay, we had Thanksgiving break, and then you come back from Thanksgiving break, and then all the Christmas music is playing or something like that. Like it was always like its own thing but now it's just creeping closer and closer to the whole year being christmas yeah so it's like mm -hmm. it's been feeling like christmas for the past two months (laughs) did y'all see mariah carey's little thing when it turned november 1st (laughs) she's She's hilarious i was like no and i used to work in food so like that's the only christmas song that all restaurants know for some reason so i'm (laughs) i'm just i'm traumatized (laughs) i used to work in a christmas shop Oh no. 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 Our first Christmas tree went up in August every year. Are you for real? Yeah. August? And then the, it didn't come down till February. Did people really shop? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Madness. Music oh. and everything. It was a lot. Well, I'm quaking coming, in my boots y'all. just thinking about it. It's coming. That should be our shit this year. Right. Does Christmas keep coming earlier and earlier? <laughs> yeah. It should be a little Sorry. Um, current and crime though mm-hmm. yes which story do we want to do first we got two stories this week um i feel like we should do the heaviest one last okay they're both pretty heavy i don't know how we're measuring that yeah you're right <laughs> pretty, yeah. i feel like i'm just more connected to this one story um so so I don't know which whichever whichever one was mentioned first. Which one? You, yours you first. Okay, cool. Um, okay, I was gonna say we mentioned Shanquilla first, but I can I can go. Uh, okay, so this is an article from People. It says Iowa woman claims dad was a serial killer who murdered up to seventy women, and that she helped bury the bodies. Um, and I'm just like. Okay, yeah, I need I need to get into this. Like, yeah, why? <laughs> How? I have so many questions. Um, authorities are investigating the allegations of a woman who says that her now deceased father killed dozens of women that she helped bury on the family's Iowa property. Speaking with Newsweek, Lucy Studi says her late dad, Donald Dean Studi, who died in 2013 at age 75, killed 50 to 70 women, most of whom were sex workers, over the course of three decades. She alleges that as a child, she and her siblings were forced to help him dispose of bodies in a well near Thurman, Iowa. Um, I know where the bodies are buried. He would just tell us we had to go to the well, and I knew what that meant. Lucy alleges that Donald would stab, shoot, or strike the victims, uh, strike the heads of his victims inside a property. After the alleged killings, she said that they would turn the bodies through the area of the well via a wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow 
during the hottest months and uh, toboggan in the winter. Uh, they would then cover them with dirt and lye. Every time I went to the well or into the hills, I didn't know. I didn't think I was coming down. I thought that he would kill me because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. So speaking with KETV on Monday, um, Fremont County Sheriff Kevin Estrup says Lucy's claims are being investigated. We have a scene and we don't know whether or not it's a crime scene. We don't have victims. We don't have bodies. We don't have anything. However, on Friday, two cadaver dogs, two cadaver dogs detected the scent of human remains across four different sites on the property. Today told me there is the odor of decom- decomposition in the area. The dog's handler, Jim Peter, said to the outlet, I really think there's bones out there. According to the dogs, this is a very huge burial site. She allegedly told the authorities that her dad, who died in 2013, would hunt for his victims some 40 miles away in Omaha. Um, if we had 70 missing persons from Omaha Council Bluffs, we would we would have picked up on that. Um, so if there is 70 people, they're not all from here, is what the a sheriff, a sheriff said from the area. Newsweek reports that over the years, Lucy tried to alert teachers, church leaders, and law enforcement, but her claims were not investigated by authorities. No one would listen to me, she said. The teacher said family matters should be handled as a family, and law enforcement has said that they couldn't trust the memory of a child. I was just a kid then, but I remember it all. The Ohio Division of Criminal Investigation is assisting in the investigation. So she's saying that she told teachers that her dad was killing people and the teachers were like, oop, cover my ears, like family drama. <laughs> right. Damn. What? Um, somebody alert defects. Like, this bodies. <laughs> huh? Right. Call the SWAT team? I don't know. Call somebody. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sending not- you back home. <laughs> exactly. That's so fucking weird. You can't trust the memory of a child. Um, excuse me. I don't have to trust the memory. Like if a kid comes up to me and tells me daddy's killing people, I have questions. (laughs) Call the police. Like get everybody on the phone. Everybody, everybody. (laughs) We're all going up there together. Like what is going on? For real. Cause little kids don't, you don't think about shit like that. When you're a kid, you don't even know what that is. You make up stories about, I don't know, like different cartoons and your imaginary friends and like, I don't know, things that you've seen. So even if they are making up, it goes a little bit closer to the truth. They wouldn't just come up with that out of the fucking blue. Right. That's and if weird. it was made up, it's because they're dealing with something probably just as bad. And they're like uh, communicating it in a different way. So either way, y'all need to call somebody. Don't just also, turn your head. Even if it was made up, who cares? At least check. Right. Why is she saying shit like that? She's a disturbed four-year-old, five-year-old, <laughs> however old she was at the time. Y'all, And he's helping they're helping him bury the body. So she had to be old enough to know, to follow directions and have the motor skills to help him dig up bodies or carry them or whatever. Or lie. So she wasn't like three years old. She was probably like nine, 10 years old. That's right. That's a good enough age to remember. I don't know. That's, that's horrifying. That. Terrifying. Shit like that makes me think that law enforcement be involved. Like, and they just want to kind of squash the investigation because if you dug further, then you, um, if you dig further, then you'll see how law enforcement was involved. Mm-hmm. It's this, um, it's this documentary on Netflix. I think I recommended it to y'all. Um, the keepers. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. when they, when those two women, they started digging and they started talking to law enforcement, it became obvious that they was like erasing shit, covering tracks and stuff like that. Cause they was either friends with the nigga who was doing it or they was like involved. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they tried to, they, try, they be trying to like suppress evidence and shit. It's also so, interesting to me that that cop was like, we would know if we have 70 people missing. First of all, how would y'all know that? Two, 
it, they said that he targeted sex workers. Like y'all literally have an acronym to describe them as less than human. So y'all don't be caring when they go disappearing. Like, right. exactly. No, you exactly. wouldn't. And then like, I mean, they mentioned this, but I mean, they don't all have to be from the same town. Mm-hmm. But that's terrifying to think. I mean, that just makes me think that there's way more serial killers out there than we know. Yeah. yeah. And they suppress evidence to keep people from panicking and to make their success rates higher. Yeah, we know that. We covered stories where they did that so many times. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm, I'm not. Mm. <laughs> I see why older folks don't be leaving the house now. <laughs> right. I'm going to be in the house. <laughs> like, it's in my safe space because y'all ain't shit. As per usual. As yeah. per usual. And other news of ain't shit. So, listen, this story came across my. Um, social media um in the last couple days because it's like a really really new story but i think it's interesting that like no news outlets are really covering it everything that i've seen like I've, the most information that i found has been on like twitter and facebook um so some folks listening may have heard about it but it's uh Shanquilla robinson and i'll just read directly from the article this article is from the u.s sun it was written today november 16th the day we're recording oh and um, the title is Holiday Horror, Shankola Robinson Died of a Broken Neck on Mexican Vacation, Family Says, But Cops Insist No Foul Play. So the death of a 25-year-old woman who passed away in Mexico na- last month remains a mystery as her family says she died of a broken neck and police insist there was no foul play. Last week, the mother of Shankola Robinson indicated that an autopsy allegedly revealed her daughter suffered from a violent death. When the autopsy came back, they said it didn't have anything to do with the alcohol, her mother claimed. They said she had a broken neck and her spine in the back was cracked. She had been beaten. The revelation came after the Robinson family made calls to the FBI and Mexican authorities after the friends traveling to Mexico with her daughter made panic calls shortly after their arrival. Each one of the people there said that there with her was telling different stories. They said she wasn't feeling well. They said she had alcohol poisoning. They couldn't get a pulse. Despite Salamandras, that's the mother's name, concern, U.S. State Department officials in Mexico have reportedly denied that Shanquilla's death was murder, saying the police investigation did not show signs of foul play. Currently, an official with the State Department is helping the family acquire Mexican authority reports. They're also being pointed in the direction of hiring a private investigator who can properly handle the case, according to WNCT. Shankola died in the first 24 hours she was away, not long after she made her last phone call to her mother. During the call, she said she had a chef and they were getting ready to eat. They were eating tacos or a salad or something. And I said, okay, I love you. Have a good night and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Her mom said after this call, I never talked to my child again. She never made it back home. Salamandra said the entire group returned from Mexico, leaving her daughter's body there nearly two weeks And $6,000 later, her body is back home, but answers had been hard to come by. I know that's not going to bring my child back, but I want something done about it, she said. She had a heart of gold. She loved everybody, and pretty much everybody loved her. So the story is still developing. They're still trying to get details. But like I said, I've seen a bunch of information on social media. Um, I would not recommend it, but there is a video that shows one of the supposed friends fighting Shanquilla while she's naked while they're at the resort, like you can see the beach through like the window, so, like they're at the the resort or whatever. And the way she swings that girl around, like it is wild. It's something 
in my opinion, something definitely happened. Like they definitely hurt that girl and then sat down and got their story straight and started covering their tracks immediately after. And it's so sad because everyone involved is black. They're all young folks. She was there celebrating her birthday. I think she's turning 27 or 28. And these people were supposed to be her friends. So I definitely hope that her mom gets the justice that she's seeking and more, just more information. Cause it's just so fucked up. Yeah, I was just going to, uh, I was just going to say it kind of sounds, I want to say like not an accident, but like one of those negligent accidents. So like y'all was fighting or y'all was doing some shit y'all shouldn't have been doing in the first place. And then it ended up going too far. And then they all was like, oh shit, how are we going to explain this? Cause alcohol poisoning and broken neck don't go together. Like, but did she fall down 80 flights of stairs? That's not what happened. Like, and then there's a video of y'all fighting. So that just proves that there was some other force, some other, that, that, that's proof of that there was some, something violent happening right before she died. And that just, those don't, they go together too well to not be related to each other. So, damn, yeah, that's fucked up. I, I'm, I feel like that's probably what it was. Like they were fighting and maybe she got hurt while they were fighting or something. And then they were like, okay, what is like, Something that would make sense for a trip to Mexico. Oh, she got um, alcohol poisoning or something. Like they came up with some type of story. But yeah, who confirmed? Did they confirm? Did they confirm that she had alcohol poisoning? I don't. I don't know if I catch caught that. Um, they didn't say. Um, I don't know if the autopsy revealed that she had been drinking or was drunk at the time of her death. But um, to what you're saying, Aaron, and I guess trigger warning. But in the video. One, it's clear that Shanquilla is like, she has like her hands up, like she's trying to like back away. So I don't know who was instigating the fight, but the girl that's like um, attacking her or like, you know, seems to be the aggressor in the situation. Like she's like hitting her and backs her towards the bed. And then she like grabs her like around her head and swings her like all the way around. Like it is very wild. Um, So mm-hmm. I mean, to me, alcohol poisoner are not like, see, it. Yeah, I don't even know how she was still like even moving after that, and then the video just like ends there. But that's horrifying. Yeah. Oh my god! How were y'all friends and y'all fighting? That's what I don't understand. Like <laughs> fighting like that at yeah, like, like that. that violently on my birthday. <laughs> I invited Listen. you here, bitch. You're here because of me. Exactly. Her best friend of five years was there, who's Ooh. a guy, and. I don't know if he was the one recording it, but there were three guys and four women, including Shanquilla. And one of the guys was the one, one of the ones recording. It's just so fucked up. Cause like they're all, they were all like complicit in this whole situation. Right. And all, every single one of them is sticking by this alcohol poisoning story. Even the best friend thus far, except for one person who says that his plane hadn't even arrived there yet because his name obviously was attached to the story. So he's like, he like went live on Instagram and said that he wasn't even there yet. So that like yeah. he didn't have a part of it. But I mean, you still also left that girl's body there in Mexico. Right. And that was wild for what. So what does that mean? Like the police came and everything, they took her body away and then they just went home. Is that what it is? All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. 
I'm Ange Balasone, a.k.a. the drag queen, that girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess? And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait, I thought we were going to say that together. No, on the big c***y couch. Mwah. From what I can gather so far, I mean, it took her mom two weeks to get the body back. Because mm. I don't know. It couldn't be me. I'm not leaving my friend's body no. in our country. Right. So. No, no. I'm going to stay there until their family's there or whatever. Right. By any means necessary. That is, yeah. Ooh, that's horrible. Yeah, I, I don't think how, it was like... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I don't know how they'd figure out what actually happened unless somebody comes forward. Right. Which sounds like they're not going to do because they all plotted together to come up with this bullshit uh, alcohol poisoning story. As if that's something that you can just diagnose somebody with just off the strength that like you was around them. Right. <laughs> True. I didn't think of that. Mm. I don't know. Whew. Yeah, I hope the... I hope, the mom definitely gets more information because that's sad. That's very sad. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's such a heavy story. I just felt like I don't know. No, I'm glad you chose it because, like you said, I I did not hear about this at all, and nobody's talking about it. And the fact that I got it mixed up with another story that I saw on TikTok, there's a woman who was stationed in Germany, and her friend was saying that like I don't know, she went out with a bunch of her friends, and then. I don't know. Something happened. She was attacked or something. I have to get more details because I don't want to say it wrong. But basically, she wound up dead. And her friend was, who was also in the military, was like trying to. So it's it's just weird that like this happens so often that you could get it mixed up with other stories, right? Yeah, around the same time, like all this shit is happening around the same time, right? And it's not lost on me that this is happening at a time when like every other story is so and so was so and so was murdered, so and so was sexually assaulted when it's women. And then for all these black people and all these black rappers and men and stuff, it's like everybody getting locked up and shot. It's just so much violence. It's just it weird. is. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Uh, it's very, very, scary. very weird. Um, very, very scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's just it. Yeah. It. We said this before we started, but it reminds me of the the sleepover years ago that happened mm-hmm. with that black woman that was killed. And then it reminds me of, I think we covered it as a current in crime. There was a, um, a black man that was killed during a camping trip. Oh, yeah. That? They got yeah. yeah. And they were all supposed to be surrounded by people that are friends with them or acquaintances or whatever. And then no one really knows what happened. Mm-hmm. So on top of the violence, it's just like ethically people don't seem to care. Yeah. <laughs> or like person to person, they just don't care. They can look somebody's family in the eye and lie to them. That was the other thing about the Shanquella story. Her best friend went and sat with her mom. Like, mm. I can, I, I can't, I can't imagine what kind of person you have to be to know how somebody's child died and sit in their face and lie. Right. It's horrible. I, I don't know. I don't understand how the mama didn't beat her ass. <laughs> like, you sitting next to me, you know how she died, and you would do that. Like, and I know that she didn't die in this particular way. Well, I think this is before she got the autopsy results, but still, the fact that you left my baby in Mexico, I'm going to beat your ass for that, too. Yeah. Because that was extremely disrespectful and proves that y'all wasn't really friends. 
But I hope that um, she gets the justice she deserves. Yeah, we'll definitely Mm -hmm. include updates because I got to keep up with the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. We'll be back with the main story. All right. Welcome back, y'all. I am the lead investigator. I'm not excited. Um, is even though my voice sounds very upbeat, right? <laughs> so please don't take that as happiness. Just take it as, you know, energy for this story. Um Okay. So <laughs> trigger trigger warning. <laughs> right. I don't know how to feel. Cause I, mean, I came I in hot. No, because I because I came in because I came in hot. hot. You and did. I was like, hold on, let me backtrack that because I don't want nobody to think I'm like excited or <laughs> fair, fair enough. I am, I'm very energetic right now. And yeah, that's where we at. So trigger warnings for this story are physical violence and kidnapping. I found this story on TikTok and I thought it was so fucked up. So I was like, yeah, I think I want to know more about this. Uh, do y'all know the story of Ashley Reeves? Mm-hmm. Have y'all heard of it? I believe so. I don't recognize okay, cool. the name. So Ashley Reeves was born in January 1983 in Belleville, Illinois. And her zodiac sign is Capricorn. I don't know exactly what her birthday is because I couldn't find too much information on, you know, her. Um, I couldn't find too many, too much information on her birthday. But um, so she was a high school junior who was living in Millstadt, uh, which is a small town in Illinois, uh, with her parents and her younger sister. Uh, she did super well in school. Uh, everybody loved her. Anybody who was asked to describe her would just say that she's like a typical ordinary girl. Um, she was just really fun loving and just really cool. She had a whole bunch of boy, um, not a whole bunch of boyfriends. No, a whole bunch of friends. <laughs> she had a whole bunch of friends and she had a boyfriend named Jeremy who loved her very much. Um, uh, her parents loved Jeremy. It was just like a real tight knit close unit or whatever. And she was just a really cool person who was adored by her neighborhood. So on Thursday, April 27th, 2006 Ashley told her parents that she was going to go do a job interview in another city called Fairview Heights which was about 20 minutes away from Millstadt she told her parents that after the interview that she was going to go meet somebody and play basketball and that was pretty normal um the person who she played basketball with who we'll talk about later it was pretty much known throughout the throughout the city that like he was just somebody that she would play basketball with. Nobody thought that this was like out of the ordinary or anything, just as long as she was back by her 10 PM curfew. So she had a change of clothes with her and she left around three 30 in her boyfriend, Jeremy's car. Um, she borrowed it for the day. So the last time that she had talked to him was the previous day around like one in the afternoon when she went to go borrow the car. So that day, her 10.30, her 10 p.m. curfew rolls around and she's nowhere to be found. Come 10.30, her parents start to ask where she is. They ask the youngest daughter, they ask her friends, and everybody's saying that they hadn't heard from her all day. So Michelle and Casey, um, who is um, Ashley's younger sister, they called her a bunch of times. They left a whole bunch of text messages and she never responded. And this was super out of the ordinary. So they immediately go to the sheriff's office um, to tell them that something's wrong and she's gone missing. 
So at first, the officers were like, oh, no, she out with her friends. She probably lost track of time. It's fine. Like, she'll come home eventually or whatever. But they push, and eight hours into the investigation, they found Jeremy's car abandoned in Latterman Park, which is about 15 minutes away from Ashley's house. Police love to do that. Like, they act like they know people's kids better than the parents know them. Like, when the parents right. are like, oh, it's nothing like, like, she would never do this. The police are like, yeah, she would definitely do that. <laughs> like, <no they> <laughs> yeah, I know her. Like, right. No. They She's usually home that. by 10 every other day but today. Mm-hmm. So can you get off your ass and go look for it? You ain't got shit else right. to do? And the excuses that they don't want to raise resources, but all y'all doing is harassing taxpaying citizens. So, And that's what the resources are there for. Like, it doesn't always have to end up in somebody being dead. You're right. supposed to be getting there before it happens. So if everything turns out good, you did your job. Like exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I don't if you think it's a waste of resources, do you think it's a good use of resources to catch people speeding, but you can't catch people about to be <laughs> murdered? Please. Like I don't that part. It never it never made sense. Never will. Sorry. Listen. It, yeah, it won't. <laughs> but anyway, um, so investigators found the bag inside the car, which had the clothes that she would have worn if she made it to go play basketball. So they know she didn't make it to go play basketball wherever she was going. So this is I thought this was weird. It says de- detectives quickly realized that this wasn't the typical case of a rebellious teen resisting her parents strict curfew. And I'm like, the parents told you that <laughs> you oh could have skipped all that. You could really could have skipped all that. And even if she was rebellious, that doesn't mean that she's incapable of being murdered or kidnapped. Thank you. Rebellious teens get kidnapped all the time. The the streets is full of them. Anyway. (sighs) So this was officially a missing person investigation and um, which sped up the process or whatever and increased the urgency, thankfully. Um, So detective uh, detectives brought Jeremy in for questioning and they were saying that like, okay, like in cases like this, we always look to people who are the closest. We always look at partners. We always look at friends and stuff like that. But they brought him in and it was obvious that he wasn't involved. Like he was just in, you can see in the interview video, he's like, no, I would never do this. This is, I want to help y'all find her, whatever I got to do, whatever I got to give y'all. Like I'm, I will help you find her. Just like, he's like super stressed out and stuff like that. So they're like, okay, well maybe he wasn't involved. Um, And then during his questioning, because I mean, of course, they're going to keep questioning him during his questioning, He said something and then that left them. Um, that gave them like a clue, basically. So he told them that he let her borrow. Uh, he, he let her borrow his car to go play basketball, but he told them where the park was. And the park was like 20 miles away. It was like really, really far. It wasn't like no 15, 20 minutes like they thought it would be. It was a little bit. So they were like, OK. Why is she going to play basketball like all the way on the other side of town? Like, why is she going so, so far right. to play basketball unless she was meeting somebody? So, detectives get closer looking for Ashley. Um, Michelle called the phone company. I'm not sure what handler she used, but they figured out that she was calling one specific number over and over again before she went to go play basketball. So when they got the phone records, it came back that this, the number matched um, a 26 year old driver's ed teacher from another school named Samson Shelton. Okay. I'm so sorry, but real quick, this is probably problematic. 
I feel like driver's ed teachers are always creepy. I don't know what it is, but I feel like they're always like, there's always on the weird, like there's a weird vibe there. And I don't, I don't know. I just had to, put that there. had to get off my chest. I can't speak to that because I did not have driver's ed in school. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I thought it was just in, in the movies. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like how they have wood shop. Like, what is that? Please. <laughs> Which happens also real for it. I didn't have driver's ed in school, but I had to do it for my license. Like I had to go to a class and the teacher yeah. was creepy. So it tracks, at least for me. Did oh, y'all wow. have to do, this is off topic, but no, did fine. y'all have to do in car? No. So for up here in, for your license, like up here in Ohio, in addition to going to the classes, you had to do like in car hours. So you would have somebody come like drive to your house in a car and then you would get in the car and you would have to drive and do like See, a certain amount of hours. All of I know. Time. I'm like, I don't know who this man is sitting next to me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what the hell? You have to do like 15 hours or whatever driving with this person in a car. Mm. How Was it 15 hours per week or? No, like, like in total, or? like they would do like two hours a week or something, you would just schedule it out and you'd have to get it done. Like before you could get your license. Hmm. Maybe there's a certain type of person who actively seeks employment where they can be alone with teenagers. Oh yeah. You're, oh gosh. That creeps me out. wonder if that's it, but yeah, no, um, thank you for adding that insight because yes, he is a creeper and we're about to get into it. Um, <laughs> But I didn't know that. Thank you for giving me um, that insight. Because I didn't. Okay, so driver's ed is a class, and so is Woodshot. Wow. Did you have home ec? Yes, I had that in eighth grade. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Michelle asked Samson, um, had he heard from Ashley, and he said no. And before she could question why he was, why he was talking to her daughter, um, he hung up the phone. Now, the I guess like the other kids, like everybody who hung out with him or whatever thought it was normal because he would just play basketball with the kids and like teach driver's ed and stuff like that. They never had any issues with him. So even Jeremy in his interview was like, oh, no, he would never he would never hurt her. He would never do anything to hurt her. He's not like he shouldn't be a suspect. One, two, three. That's just how much trust he had with like all of the people in the neighborhood. I guess all the kids, um, but maybe not the mama. <laughs> so. um Ashley updated her friends on exactly like what she was doing all the time. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how they didn't hear from her all day on this part, but uh, since she talked to them so much, but just in this instance, she did tell them that she was dating like an older guy or whatever, but they didn't know who the guy was. They just knew that she was like fucking with some other dude or whatever. Um, I wanted to get into how Jeremy felt about that, but they never elaborated on how he found out or like how he felt about that. Um, I'm wondering how that um, made him feel. Uh-oh, that's sad for him. That is sad to find out when she's attacked. So it's like, right. I, in in my mind, I'm thinking like, there's just so many, I don't know. There's just so many mixed feelings there. Like she's missing. And then also you find out that it's this whole other thing. And it's just like, how do you process that? So I was right. just curious about that, but I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so according to Ashley's friends, she was involved with an older man. Um, and they were all, and they will often play basketball together. So that's when they start putting two and two together. And she had plans to meet up with Sam Shelton the day that she went missing. Um, 
So his nickname was the teacher because he was like an amateur pro wrestler and his whole personality, his whole shtick was like, he was a teacher and he would show up in like these teacher's clothes and like khakis and a button up and shit. And I don't know. And do the whole pro wrestling, you know, getting thrown on the ring and like all that extra shit. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah confused, but, so corny. Yeah, no, yeah, that's. <laughs> I guess that's what his he wanted to be in the WWE. I guess they never really went into like, but he was he was a um, in the I guess minor pro wrestling. Leader and he dressed up as a teacher with like a yes. cardigan. Yes, like it was. <laughs> it was so like lame. a lame. The video that I saw it was like a white button up and it was like khakis and then he was like getting thrown like he was getting picked up by somebody. I don't know if it was rehearsal or actual show, but he was like getting thrown away and like twisted around or whatever and then thrown. What? And yeah, his okay. whole persona was called the teacher. <laughs> All right. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> so some of his students referred to him as quote unquote cute. Um, and then others thought he was strange and a little bit full of himself is how he was described. Um, detectives discovered that Samson was her teacher when she was in the seventh grade. In the fucking seventh grade. No. Um, and they had reconnected five years later, um, two, mo- two months before she went missing. So most of the time they met in Belleville. Um, where he lived with his mama and his grand grandmama, um, near the park where they went to go uh, play basketball, and that's where they found Jeremy's um abandoned truck. So now it's Friday, April twenty eighth, and Ashley has been missing for the entire night. Um, her mama is like stressing out, and she's just trying to figure out like what's going on, like is she is she with somebody like is she cold is she hurt whatever like it's just all this other stuff going on um so detectives went to the high school where samson worked and they took him in for questioning and like almost immediately they figured that he knows something about her disappearance but they're not really i mean of course they can't let him on to that because then he's not gonna he's not gonna admit anything or like uh confess so at first he was like real cool he was super cooperative he was really calm as we know most fucking evil men are um in the face of knowing they about to get locked the fuck up um and they say he was super polite and he e- even like participated in the investigation like was just very open about giving them like whatever they needed and whatever um but then after like they kept pressing him he kept changing his story so at first he said they were just friends. They it was only platonic and they barely ever like met up to play basketball together. And then he said that, no, he changed it. And then he said like they had kissed one time and then that was it, you know? So he just like kept changing his story. So then they kept confronting him with that. And it's like, okay, so you kissing up on a teenager and then that was it really. And then he was like, okay, cool. So, our relationship was romantic and sexual but then he like kept changing his story to kind of like put the focus back on him like being a victim of like oh she tried to break up with me the whole thing oh wait no uh i tried to i tried to break it off with her or whatever um <laughs> how old is she at this point i want to say she was born in 1983 and this was her seven years two thousand. so i was 20 yeah and this is 2006 2006 okay so i was mm-hmm. 15 so that would make her okay so she's an adult that would make her 22 
Okay. Right? I'm like, would it? 2006. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm like, oh, why is my brain not able to do math right now? Because <laughs> she's seven years older than me and I was 16. So, yeah, yeah. she was like 22, 23. Yeah. Okay. So, she wasn't too much younger than him. He was 26 at the time. But still, you were her teacher. Yeah. yeah. That's, still. that's weird. Gross. <clears throat> um, so, Samson told detectives that she was obsessed with him. And she had this huge crush on him and she would just kept calling him all hours of the day and night. Um, and then he told her, no, then he told them that Ashley had started avoiding him. Um, no, that he's, I'm sorry. I'm saying this all wrong. He told detectives that he started to avoid Ashley, hoping that it would end basically in the relationship and cause her to leave him alone. She, she was so obsessed. So they keep pushing him and then several hours in, then that's when he confirmed um, not only did he have sex with her, but that he was with her the day that she went missing. But still he's saying, he's like pressing them, telling them like, okay, the last time I saw her, she was alive. So according to him, he was driving when he got into an argument with her because he was trying to end the relationship. And she got upset and she started screaming at him because she didn't want to end the relationship. Um, he pulled over and he unfastened her seatbelt and he told her to get out of the car. When she resisted, he pulled her out and then he left her on the side of the road. He's telling this story? This is yes. his person of events? Yes. This is his version of events. He pulled her out and left her on the side of the road, and he, but he left her a lot. But you know what? I just remember something, and I want to go back to the birthday thing. I think she's the same age as us because she's 32 now. So I think the 83 thing was wrong, and I should have checked that before I said that. I think she's the same age as us. So in 2006, she would have been 16. Okay. Because I'm thinking, like, how could he have been her teacher? I'm thinking, yeah, like, that's that, weird. I was, I was trying to figure out the math, too, but that makes a little more sense. Yeah, yeah the, I think the, the year that was listed was wrong. And, and then for her to have a curfew it. and stuff. I mean, I guess you can have a curfew as a 22-year-old. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so she, so was, she, was, she was 16. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we're already placing you under arrest for a statutory rape. Yeah. So, yeah, he's saying that when he left her on the side of the road, she was, she was alive. And so... He insisted that she was still alive and there was no way that he could have hurt her because he has a quote unquote, very weak stomach. He's like, just anything gory or whatever. He says, Ugh, I just can't do it. And he's like in his interview trying to like, says him, there's no way. Yes. To like, <laughs> like, how do you prove that? He's literally trying to convince them that like, even thinking of hurting her would gross him out. He's just like, Ooh, like just like shivering at the thought or whatever. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, okay. Mm. So he said he cared. For, he said he cared about her. He was only concerned with her well-being. Um, so you left her on the side of the road? Exactly. You don't leave. I don't care how mad you are. You don't leave somebody on the side of the road. A little like, girl how, at that. Exactly. That you care about, quote unquote. Yeah. And I'm just like, who shouldn't have fucking been in your car in the first place? But anyway, whatever. Um, so phone records show that he never called her. He never called her after he left her on the side of the road to see if she was safe. Uh, instead, he went to a local country bar and he danced the whole night. And you could see, uh, well, I saw it on TikTok, but it's on YouTube. You could see him like really doing like the whole down, just like <laughs> just like nothing happened. What? Line dancing and sh- yeah, he's line dancing and shit, doing the um the whole down. Y'all know the, it's like the white people electric slide. It's actually yeah. the square dancing. 
Yes, it's so fun. But I just I forgot how to do it. Like, <laughs> Wait, that's your fire. That's that's in the interview room? Yes. No, 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 not in the interview room. He went to a bar. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like after this, he went to the country bar and they have video yeah, of him. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> you thought he was <laughs> I was like, wait a minute now. That's bold. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't be white. Like, you don't have to do anything. He got superpowers. Um, but um, so yeah, he went to the bar, he's dancing. Um, and they're saying that his uh his story changed like a bunch of times, but they didn't believe him, obvious fucking like whatever. Um so now she's been missing for 30 hours and they're pleading with him to please tell the real story. And he's like resisting and resisting and resisting until they start to mention family members. They're like, you know, we just want to get her back to her mom. And, you know, we just want to make your granny, your mom and your granny proud. I know they at home right now worried about you. And so now like the mention of his grandmama is like what causes him to like start crying. So he asked for a moment alone, and that's when they knew, okay, like, yeah, we got him. Like, as soon as we come back, we don't get a confession. <laughs> they high five, like, woo. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was the granny. Perfect. And I'm like, look, and at this moment, I'm like, look, and y'all really wanted to leave her out there, call her rebellious teen. Now, what would happen if her mama had to kept pushing? Y'all would have just left her out there. But um, so 12 hours into the investigation, Samson, um, so they, they described his manner as like childlike and cold. Almost like he was trying to like detach himself from what happened. Um, but he described in very, very g- great detail, like what he did. And so, yeah, so this is just a extra trigger warning on top of um, the initial one. Just to let y'all know, this is pretty gruesome. So in his confession, he said that he didn't just pull her out of the vehicle and leave her on the side of the road, which at this point is obvious because she's still missing. Right. So he said that he put her in a chokehold and dragged her out of the car. And then he heard a loud pop and Ashley went limp. Now, going back to what we were talking about before, this loud pop is most definitely her neck being snapped. But it takes a lot to snap somebody's neck. You don't just accidentally snap somebody's neck. So even in that, he's still fucking lying. He's just trying to like distance himself from how violent he was towards her because... You don't put somebody in a playful little chokehold, little chicken wing, and then their neck just break. Like, you right, did right. that. Um, so, he said he heard a loud pop, and she went limp. Realizing that he snapped her neck, he panicked, and he pulled her into the woods, where he strangled her with her with his bare hands. And when he realized that she was still breathing, he strangled her with his belt. And he used his foot as with, uh, he used his foot and pulled up to create leverage and he pulled it so tight that it snapped the belt <gasps> so she was still breathing after her neck was broken uh-huh. oh my god she was still Oof. breathing after her neck was broken and then after the belt broke samson choked her again for the third and final time with his hands before taking off and leaving her to die in the woods wow um, and this night was described as like super cold too. Mm. Um, so after his confession, he agreed to lead detectives to where he had buried, I mean, not buried, but where he had left her body. Um, it was a 45 acre park in Belleville, which was only 20, which was only 12 minutes away from her house, but it was raining at night. So it was hard for him to like, tell them exactly where to go. 
Um, so they get out flashlights, they get out all the equipment or whatever. They out there in the woods for 30 minutes and they are looking for, um, they're looking for the body and they're starting to think that he tricked them into going to the wrong place to look for the body. So they find Ashley, she's laying on her back and her hands were like up to her chest. Like if you, in the video, you can kind of see like her hands were like kind of twisted and she was just like laying on the ground or whatever her tongue was sticking out of her mouth and she had hundreds of insect bites all over her body so at this point the detectives are like disappointed and that they were that they couldn't save her in time and then all of a sudden they see her hands move shut the line Uh, yeah so she was still alive and then they checked her chest and it was still rising so she was still alive so he attempted to strangle her three times left her out in the cold and the rain for however many hours was like 30 hours and she was still alive i I didn't even want to look for her yeah they didn't even want to they didn't even want to look for her and had they not well, they, they did find it eight hours into the investigation, but had they just been like, okay, cool, wait 24 hours, who knows what would have happened? Because it's it had also already like, been 30 by this time. I mean, obviously, I want her to be alive, but I'm. For her to have gone through all that suffering, I'm like, that's horrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Mm. Um, so EMTs rushed to the scene, and you could see in the. um. You can see because they have like the video when they were like looking for her. When they found her, they didn't think that she would make it like off the scene. They were they were shook. Like these cops were like they literally thought that they were like walking up on a body. And then when they found out that she was alive, like everybody was shook. Like they couldn't even they were just to this day, like they still like be shook over it. Um so it says detectives knew the importance of the first 48 hours. And so they understood that like, this is like super crucial or whatever. So, um, Samson was arrested and charged with first degree attempted murder. Um, Ashley was put into an induced coma. Um, but when she woke up, she couldn't remember the first, like the couple days before the incident. And she couldn't remember the couple days after. So she has no recollection of this entire event. She only knows what the video shows. Um, and she only knows like what other people tell her about that day because she doesn't remember anything. I feel like personally, I would prefer it that way if I yeah. was her. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I yeah, same. Um, so as Samson was taking, so as uh Samson went into custody, he asked for a private bathroom, and he was like, "Oh, I um, I have a urinary stress disorder. I can't pee in front of other people." And it was like, no, we're not falling for that. Sorry. <laughs> like, nobody believes that you're capable of this, but you can't pee in front of people. Get the fuck out of right. here. Like, that's not real. Um, so Samson was released on bail. How? He, what? He, he's white. He was released on bail and he was placed on house arrest. He snapped he snapped this girl's neck. He tried to snake her three times and left her for dead and they put this man on house arrest. That's the part that killed me. I had to pause the documentary. I was like, oh no, bitch. I know uh uh-uh. uh house arrest. 
house arrest. So right before um, he was supposed to go to court, his mama called and was like, oh, he tried to commit suicide because like he tried to take uh, like I think he tried to take like perks and like Jägermeister. Or something like that. I know it was like the whitest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. As soon as I hear Jägermeister, as soon as I hear Jägermeister, I feel, I hear Trump supporter. Like I hear January. You know what I mean? Like I just don't, it gives like frat, frat boys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I've never, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. It's like, it sounds like, is it gasoline? It's It's horrible. Like cough syrup. Yeah. Like it is so nasty. It tastes like black licorice to me. Okay. Yeah. I can agree with that. I also tried it when I was 16 and never again. <laughs> it smells bad. It tastes bad. It looks gross. It's just, ew. Yeah. And it's got that German name and it's just, I don't know. It's just not, it's not sitting right with me. All of it. It's not. <laughs> um, yeah. So he tried to commit suicide with prescription pills and alcohol. And when they arrived on the scene, they, he had do not resuscitate written on his chest. As if that's going to fucking work. That's not, no, we're not at a hospital. This is not a DNR order. You are a fucking rapist and you're a fucking murderer. You don't get to tell somebody, don't try to save me. <laughs> you're going to jail. So, um, so yeah, of course they attempt to revive him. And as soon as he like wakes up, he starts kicking and punching like the EMTs. So, they transport him to a local hospital and then he called one of the nurses like a racial slur. Um, at which point I would have violated HIPAA. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the Jägermeister was right. We knew it. That's what I'm saying. I was like, ain't no fucking way. The, the that is so extra and bold. Where did they, what are y'all be getting all this audacity? You got caught trying to murder somebody and then you get to the hospital and you, and you want to call the nurse a nigga? Or whatever the fuck you, wh- whoever slurred you knew, like, cause white people got a slur for everybody. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm so confused. I'm just like, the audacity is just, at this point, I'm like, I'm ready for this documentary to be over. I'm like, ain't no fucking way. Right. So, oh my goodness. Okay. So the judge over her case um, asked about Samson's uh, mental state. And they were saying that because, he tried to commit suicide basically just to get like sympathy from the jurors to say like he was mentally incompetent or he was just so, so sad or some shit. A month later, a psychiatry, a psychiatrist was like, no, he's mentally competent to stand trial. Like put him on a stand. Um, but Ashley's family decided that they didn't want to suffer through the retelling of the attack. So they basically, agreed that like he should get like a plea deal or whatever so samson accepted the plea deal and he was sentenced to 20 years in prison um so his projected parole date is april 22nd 2024 yeah which is like tomorrow tomorrow. yeah most definitely um so ashley had to relearn everything she had to relearn how to use her voice she had to relearn how to walk, had to eat and drink and stuff like that. I'm and they said it took a while. Any of those things. Oh yeah, God. I'm I'm shook that she even survived. But her sister was saying that it just took a while for each stage to come back. It was a while before she woke up from the coma. It was a while before she was able to like truly recognize her surroundings and stuff. So like each little stage came like a while after each other. So it took a really long time for her to get back. But she did graduate from high school. 
And she started volunteering at a violence prevention center. And today she is 32 and she has two kids. Wow. And that's her story. And wow. the the really wow. cool part about her um her interview was that the woman who interviewed her, I think her name was Elizabeth Smart. She was mm-hmm. also a very famous um yeah. Yeah. She her case went um was very famous. So like she was the one who interviewed Ashley and she oh, was wow. you know saying like I know exactly what you went through and um you wow. know they talked about you know watching their um watching their kidnappers or wa- like watching the their perpetrators um uh, interview videos and she was saying like i can't like she was like i she watches the video where they found her up until the she watches like the videos and stuff up until the time that they found her and she's like after that i can't watch so mm-hmm. um i thought that was a cool moment for them to have like because they got somebody who understands where she's coming from right. um so it was like it was a really good um episode wow. but yeah that is the story of ashley reeves and to this day she's still like friends well she calls them like an extended family with uh, all of the detectives who like, you know, found her and stuff. And they still, and all of them say to this day that it's like the most consequential case of their entire careers. So, yeah. Well, so they got lucky as hell. Yeah. Those police officers. Yeah. Because it could have, I mean, I don't, I'm sure they have information on like how close she was to not being alive. So I'm like, any, hesitate i mean more hesitation from the side of the police officers could have meant that she didn't survive like they got um, lucky as hell because she, probably because she was fighting her ass off to stay yeah mm-hmm. that is wild i've yeah. never heard that story yeah me either yeah, i look that up mm-hmm. yeah but yeah um definitely i mean you're gonna find whatever materials you find it will definitely probably start with the fact that he was seen dancing at a line of <laughs> After doing this, that's horrible. After thinking that she had died or whatever, maybe to maybe to have some sort of alibi too. Like, oh, I was there all night. You know, Mm -hmm. where were you before that though? Right. Oh Um, God, and he's about to be out, or he's up for parole. parole. I hope that her friends beat his ass. That's what I hope. That's what I always hope. (laughs) Always, always. Street justice is always the best justice. The best justice. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. And it also Mm. makes me terrified of men even more. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Mm. What a fucking creep. Yeah. But yeah, that's the story of Ashley Reeves. Wow. I'm glad she's alive. Me too. Should this be a crime? Yes. Let's go. We'll be back. Should this be a crime? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a little bit of a hard time finding a should this be a crime. It seems like, I don't know, people aren't doing it. (laughs) No, it's the end of the world. (laughs) It literally is. Literally, that's what it is. And all the crimes are actually crimes. They're not even. (laughs) Y'all not even doing like funny crimes no more. Y'all actually out here like hurting (laughs) right. We want to giggle. Okay, so this is from the New York Post, and it was posted on the 10th of November. And the title is Dead Sexy Woman Caught at Airport Carrying Boyfriend's Ashes Inside Sex Toy. 
The girl, what? How did you get Like, I cannot wait to yes. know the story. <laughs> and the way the New York Post writes their articles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they saw, they saw extra with it. Right. Okay. Her kinky carry-on is not going to fly. An Australian law student was caught passing through airport security with her dead boyfriend's ashes hidden in a wearable sex toy, she said in viral TikTok video. Hold on one second. Wait, she so she detailed this. Like, she exposed this to the world about herself. Yes. Was it to fucking one last time or something? Like, I don't understand. I really don't get it. But I, maybe maybe that was like one of his like like I don't know last wishes or something like that. Like yeah, that, that's a little too kinky for me. I just want to smash you from the afterlife. Sarah Button, twenty three, was about to board a flight in the United Arab Emirates while wearing a butt plug in her late lover's quote favorite place. When security officials raised alarm, she said. Quote, they took me and my friend aside without much explanation, she said, adding she was forced to call her dad to get help from the Australian embassy. Button, whose TikTok footage has had raked in 4.9 million views as of Thursday, said her late boyfriend gave her the sex toy as a gag gift before he died. The intention was initially a joke because he'd spent so much time in there and it was his favorite place, she said. <laughs> Honestly, it is the funniest thing. <laughs> Honestly, it's the funniest thing he's ever done. I'll spend my whole life laughing about it, which really beats crying. She added, I also like that I can take him with me to places we only ever end up going. <laughs> but airport security officials who may have assumed the device was, was a weapon weren't laughing. I explained what it was, but there was a lady worker in earshot of that conversation, which led to some back and forth between us, and the male officials did not like the vulgarity I was using to explain, Button said. An hour later, a big official came and had to sign a super long foreign document and said if we went outside of the jail doors, we'd go to jail. I'm sorry, went outside of the airport doors, we'd go to jail. Eventually, she and her pal were let go, but it's unclear if it's allowed to the sex boy where. It was a long day, she said. TikTok users were quick to poke fun of the steamy snafu, and they said romance is dead, one user teased. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly. (laughs) The part about laughing, beating the crying is kind of cute and funny. And if this is their sense of humor, and it helps her with her grieving process, (laughs) then I love it for her, I suppose. She said he spent a lot of time in there. Just the way she said it has me weak. Like he could have just said you like that type of sex. <laughs> she I put him in a butt TikTok. plug. A I didn't butt know it was plug. a butt. <laughs> because I feel like on I feel like on a um the X-ray or whatever, it's supposed <laughs> right. to show up, right? It's a sex toy, it's a butt plug. Yeah. Right. I think so. But they, they, should, they should let her keep the ashes, though. Yeah, I hope that she yeah. didn't get her ashes back. I mean, I hope she got the whole toy back. Like, that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> she ain't hurt nobody, I guess, is my, my ultimate. <laughs> that can't be the first butt plug that went through TSA. True. So, True. come on. Swipe it for bomb juice or whatever y'all do. and then <laughs> Not bomb juice. <laughs> <laughs> and then let her go about her day. Yeah, she's doing better than to have it in her body, though. <laughs> right, but also it's weird that UAE is so uptight when it comes to 
stuff like that because that's where everybody be doing all the, the extra shit. That's where the people be doing the yachting and people get mm-hmm. blew out to get shitted on and stuff like that. So it's weird that like that's like a sex tourism capital and it's famous for people doing such vulgar shit, but then like her mentioning a butt plug is like, oh no, like that's so like immodest or whatever the fuck. The Maybe it's was. one of those things that is just like reserved for the super wealthy and they don't like like being known for that you know what i mean but like their politicians mm-hmm. are in bed with the super wealthy but like otherwise they're like we hate that people come here and think this about us or some shit yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah that does make sense i mean from the quotes in the article i'm sure she was talking all types of stuff and they were like what is going on <laughs> like yeah he like to eat my ass and he like to spread me far and wide and like, i'm gonna my crack and <laughs> He spent a lot of time in there. <laughs> please, 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 I can't. Um, but yeah, I, so I say that it shouldn't be a crime. Um, I don't. I don't even think that she should have been like pulled to the side over a butt plug. But this is a very unique and interesting <sighs> way to to commemorate your late boyfriend or husband or whatever. Um, it definitely yeah. is. And then I didn't realize the article had a picture of said plug. <laughs> it's, it's engraved. Forever. <laughs> it's engraved oh. with forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just trying to go through air- airport security with uh, something inside your body that holds a substance that can't be verified right away is definitely mm-hmm. asking for trouble. Like, mm. you know, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. I definitely have been like, why do you have coke in your butt? Like, <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I don't think it's a crime. I think if you want to do, you know, weird things like this, definitely just think it through a little bit more first. Yeah. I'll give it a citation because you could have waited till you got home to do that. Yeah. yeah. I give it a, a note, like a, a note to your parents because they, <laughs> like, I mean, like she just clearly didn't think it through. Like yeah. he can still travel with you as soon as you get out of the airport. You can, you know, put him right back in his spot. You just got to get out of security. You ain't even got to leave the airport. That's like. true. Just get through TSA. You'll be yeah. fine. No, girl. Mm-hmm. But she, I mean, from the article, it didn't seem like she was like upset. Yeah. It was just like more of an inconvenience. She must have gotten the, the ashes back. Cause I don't know if she would post it if she didn't. I can't imagine leaving. Yeah. And I don't know if that would be all the ashes. Well, maybe this is just the ashes that she got. Uh-huh. And like mm-hmm. his family got the rest. Hmm. That would make sense. I wonder how his family feels about this. (laughs) 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 Embarrassing. Oh my goodness. That is so funny. There's a part of me though that when I die, I want to do something silly. You know, like that old lady who like sent out those uh cards before she died and it had like a little Ouija thing inside and it was like keep in contact. Not oh, so that's funny! funny right? Oh my God, no, I've never heard of that. That, that is so funny. Like, I kind of want to do something silly, but I, I want to be able to do the joke. Like, yeah, no. that would be funny. You have to there's make it something th- good, though. There's a thing where you can like put a QR code on your grave or something, and people can like, I guess, go to it and kind of see. I don't know. I love that. Well, I, I do too. I, I love that. that. What would it go to, like a video or something? I don't know. I think it can go to whatever you wanted to go to. It could probably go to a website or something. I don't know. But I, I feel you, Carter. I feel like I want to do something like 
I don't know, people can like look at it and it feels good or they laugh or, yeah. you know, just remember that you lived and not just that you died. Like you were a whole yeah. person. Have y'all seen P.S. I Love You? Mm-hmm. I love the bar funeral at the beginning of that movie. Like mm-hmm. that they all like took shots off of the ashes and stuff like that. I was like, this is so cute and fun. <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah. Uh, interesting. But yeah. Not a crime, also, just silly, goofy. Yeah. <laughs> And a little weird, but <laughs> a little bit kind of strange. I feel like the more we talk through it, though, the less, I guess, uh, taboo I feel like it is. Like, I was like, yeah. at first I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking weird. But now I'm like, all right, girl. But yeah. yeah. Really <laughs> back, but have fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we ended on a high note because the, the stories were definitely heavy. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> But yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, you can find us online at I and Akilla Podcast on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, and I and Akilla Pod on Twitter. And you can listen to us on Apple Music. You can listen to us on Spotify and every other platform where you can find podcasts, except for Facebook. Yeah, I think and leave us yeah. a review. We haven't gotten a, um, a Apple Podcast review in a little bit, so leave us on. Yeah. And come talk to us on Facebook. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Gotta start our discussion days. But all right. Bye. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.